Just a heads up before we get started in this episode, talk a little bit about anxiety and also grieving, death, losing someone. So if those issues are a little touchy for you, especially right now, go ahead and feel free to skip this episode, come back when uh, you're feeling more up to it. You're not alone out there. We're all in this together. If you need a hand, there's always lots of people reaching out. All you have to do is just, you know, grab a hold. So hang in there, everyone. The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Oh, yeah. on there too no just straight straight in man okay well i guess that's just the the me hearing yeah the 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 buffering or whatever yeah but like as a rule i never like even when i was in a band and like we would fuck around like i never wanted to learn how to play pearl jam songs like it would kind of like get rid of the magic of it like i didn't want to know how to play them Mm -hmm. so i don't like i even when I would do like learn bass tabs and stuff, like I never learned how to play Pearl Jam songs. But this one, like uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, when I was reading about it, it's like, yeah, he was just strumming that D chord and like for like a few minutes and it like felt like the earth shook when they switched to that G or that C, whatever he goes to there, which mm-hmm. part. And I was like, man, that'd be fun to do. So I came down here and figured it out. And like, yeah, there's no weird tuning. There's no weird chords, just straight like it's so fun to play like you feel like you're kind of channeling something when you really like play that chord for a long time it's kind of cool Episode 14 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. My guest today, John Farrar. Hello, John. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, no problem. I, uh, we, 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 uh, you stumped me. 
Where did we leave off? I think okay, the last you're one. You're welcome. I could have just said yeah. you're welcome. The last you're one welcome. I did, we we talked about bugs mm-hmm. uh, for over 30 minutes. I think, uh, yeah, this little, uh, one of the songs, doing these, this little EP, which I think is amazing. Both these songs are in, probably in my top 20, if not my top 10. So, yeah, I jumped at the chance to do this one. I absolutely love it. Yep, we're talking about Long Road, the uh, side two of the Merkin Ball single slash EP. But uh, the, it's it's easy to get this. It's easy to overlook this since they're not on a real album, right? And uh, so people are like, oh, the, you know, my top albums is this, this, this. It's like, ah, oh, you got to throw that curveball. What about Merkin Ball, baby? Yeah, it's crazy that this it was written at the same time, but like it wasn't included on Mirrorball because of like the contractual dispute between like Sony and Epic and the deal that yeah. they'd worked out where like they weren't, you know, no one in Pearl Jam could be named and they just figured Ed wasn't going to be a part of it. But then, yeah, like I, I remember when this EP came out, it was a big deal. Like there were TV commercials mm-hmm. and like, it was a big deal to get two new Pearl Jam songs in 1995. Yeah. Especially. And then there was the year between Vitology and no code. So yeah. you, you were hungering for Pearl Jam and, I guess besides oh, for Stupid sure. Mop, it was the first you could hear with uh, Jack Irons on it. Oh, and he's so good on this. Like, you never think of this song and, and Jack, but I love the little kind of shuffle thing that he does at the beginning. Like, it's it's perfect for the song. Um, So, let's see. The song... Hmm, let's see. Uh, the On this part of the recording of, uh, of uh, Merck and Ball, they got uh, Jeff playing the bass this time instead of uh, Brendan O'Brien. And, of course, Neil Young's there. With the pump organ wailing away. Yeah, Stone and Mike were out of the studio that day or something, so yeah, and, not included. Um, I guess the story goes, he uh, Eddie tells the story on the uh, July 7th, 2006 San Diego show uh, before they start playing Long Road to open up the encore. I believe the first encore tells the story yeah. about... Yeah, he goes into... He tells the whole story, goes into the whole thing. Like, I love when you get those behind the scenes things like he just spells yeah. it all out and talking about how uh he had a teacher his drama teacher clayton e liggett who uh he got word that he died and then eddie just kind of went into the studio no one else was there everybody else was still eating and he just started playing the the d chord and just kind of meditating or whatever and then uh jack jeff and neil came in and just started playing with them and then communing and song came out who knows what they uh went back and overdubbed or whatever later or fixed or and they just kind of wrote it and then it's like okay yeah okay let's start recording <laughs> we'll do the song we'll figure it out so everybody knows the changes and stuff I would love to hear the 
if the tape if they have tape of him just picking up the guitar and starting to play it I'd love to hear that whole eight or ten minute thing you know I mean I'm sure it's too personal he'd never release it but um, yeah it would be interesting like I always want to you know the reason you collect all the bootlegs and everything is you want to get as close to the genesis of the song as possible like the initial spark that created like a moment of genius like this like a moment of magic you know for lack of a better term like I would love to hear like the initial you know guitar strum where you know he was he was really feeling it and like I'm sure it was powerful have you had a, uh, a teacher that uh, that uh, meant something to you that kind of inspired you along your uh, your life um yeah not really oh okay um, <laughs> yeah I, I can't think of one so how about you yeah, I've had a couple of real good teachers. I, I, I wanted to be a teacher for uh, for the longest time um, until I was starting to get into college, you know, and you have to actually take those classes and stuff. And I did a um, a uh, right. classroom, what is it called, observation or whatever like that, or teacher aid or something like that sort of thing that I did. And I got in touch with one of my uh, high school English teachers. I wanted to teach English. So I was, you know, in the class taking notes, all the stuff, talking to her about her lesson plans and how she, you know, figures stuff out and trying to help the students a little bit and stuff like that. And I just, um, she had me, you know, a couple times like get up in front of the class and try to lead some discussion and do some stuff like that. And I like had panic attacks doing it. Like I was just like, oh, this is not good. Like I, I can't do this. I can't be a teacher. I can't do this, you know, and. It's just yeah. more from my not treating my anxiety and stuff like that. So that's, you know, <laughs> how that all ended. <laughs> was it like, was it college or high school or? It was a, it was college. Okay. Yeah. It seems like that would be more intimidating than, you know, teaching younger kids. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, uh, no, it was for, uh, oh, I was in college, but I was teaching. It was for a, uh, it was a high school okay. class. Yeah. Okay. Was at the uh, the high yeah, school I went yeah. to, yeah. But I was, you know, I was in a band at the time, so I figured, ah, you know, I can get in front of, you know, people and kind of do that. But you know, I'm not really myself when I'm doing that. I'm playing a part. I got my, I got my script. I got the words I'm supposed to do. Got the yeah. It's a stage, you know, same kind of thing. You could, uh, you could have channeled some Jack Black in School of Rock and just put on the <laughs> guitar and gone around. And, and sang the lessons, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was, you know, English class. Well, I guess he was supposed to teach them other stuff, right? He was, he was supposed to be the math teacher or yeah, something, yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. It's a, it's a great movie, though. But, uh, um, yeah, my, uh, my drama teacher, I had a, I had a drama teacher, too, because I was, I was that kind oh, of yeah? nerd. <laughs> yeah, Brett, uh, Brett Matthews, he's still, he's still kicking it, so that's good. Friends mm -hmm. on Facebook and... Shout out to Brett. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. cool. Um, let's see. Yeah, the song is real. You can get real deep in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, you I mean it's the metaphors right there. Like, we all walk the long road. Like, the inevitability of death. Like, this song is all about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell it's it's immediate. It's a, it's about loss and all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's all right there. I read... A couple of years ago, it was there was someone on Twitter or something said they wanted this song played at their funeral, and I definitely want to steal that idea. So let let this be the uh, the official word that when that when the time <laughs> comes, like I want you can play that 
17 minute version like but yeah this is a this is a beautiful song and it's it's perfect for uh for things that you like like i've had to deal with some personal loss in my life you know without getting into too much detail but yeah this song is it's really really raw and really emotional and it it touches all that stuff yeah i mean well i don't know do you you think the long road is like the uh the uh the white light at the end but that's what it is or it's just life is just you know yeah i think you you could say that yeah you could we all walk the long road like we all live this life and you know death is a part of the life it's just you know you're going off road i guess maybe but it's still uh there it's the part that's not paved it's all the road yeah so sometimes it's a dirt road sometimes it's paved sometimes it's you know a trail like yeah it's it's all there like i yeah i love the how the song came together i love the song it's and it's so cool and they and it's only been played like 90 times or Mm -hmm. something like it oh it deserves to be played so much more but it got it got lumped in with those openers and it has to compete with your you know your releases and your washes and oceans and things like that have you uh seen them do it live uh you know what i don't think so let me double check that's one thing i did not yeah i I broke down and made my uh live footsteps profile so i can have it up a little easier than taking out my phone and all that. yeah yeah nice uh i have not seen this song which is i mean only been nine shows so I've gotten a few cool things, but yeah, this is, this is up there. Number one or number two of ones I'd really like to hear them play live. Like I would, I would break down and cry. Like there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. If they came out and started with this song, like, yeah, it would be amazing. You see, there's no official lyrics on their website. It's just people, you know, it's, it's, it's for the most part, you can kind of get everything that, uh, that he's saying. Yeah, he's not. He's not in. He's not in mumble mode. He's. It's pretty clear. Yeah, no problem. And like, even the the more powerful part, even is at the end when he's really pushing his voice up to that high register. And like, it was the first time he's kind of like it. Kind of this song is kind of and I got shit too. Kind of lead into no code, like where they were going. Like he's really using his voice as an instrument, as like doing different things and not just growling and screaming. You know. It's it's amazing, especially those versions with with Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and his and Rahat Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, like his his son, like when they really and you know we can talk about that a little more, but when their voices kind of meld at the end, when Ed starts doing the chanting stuff too, the, the Urdu, like it's it's really great. Like it's it's not for everyone. Like if you're not like some people, I think they probably hear that oh pass, you know whatever, but. If you really are in the mood for it, like it's really cool to just kind of listen to and zone out on, and you really feel like, you know, the it, the song takes on a different kind of uh, not meaning, but like it goes to a kind of a different stratosphere. Kind of like reminds you when the Beatles got into like Indian music and started playing with Ravi Shankar and stuff like that, the kind of stuff they were doing.
Yeah, they've also done the, um, or Eddie was with, um, crap, I can't remember, the school and did the Molo sessions. Yeah, those, uh, the school in South Africa, yeah, the Walmer school or something. Yeah, and they they released the Better Man, they did Better Man, Long Road, Mm -hmm. and Love Boat Captain, and they released Better Man on, uh, one of the holiday singles. Yeah. And, uh, this was part of that, too. There's a lot of, sort of, different, I don't know, maybe, like, cultural, sort of, touchstones that they've that they've uh, experimented with this like i said absolutely and it's and like and that goes back to it just being a simple song too like it can be translated so many ways yeah it was uh on that the extended version on that uh the dead man walking soundtrack i think it's almost 17 minutes long yeah the uh eddie contributed this song and dead man to the dead man walking soundtrack and uh sean penn said and he sings on he sings on face of love yeah. too and uh for the soundtrack they have a uh a five and a half minute long version that they cut down from the 17 minute version that they have on the score which uh nusrat feta ali khan like did the score mm-hmm. the whole score for it and i think that just the sort of um singing that he does really you know adds emotion and stuff into it with you know it's the story of a guy on death row and and they of... did that that concert in 98 the the dead man walking concert you know nusrat had, had passed in 97 but it, they got his son i think to come out and i think one of the i forget it's the drummer from the doors maybe john densmore playing uh with them as well at that show but yeah they're just kind of sitting around i think jeff and stone are there they're just kind of sitting around on some mats and like just chilling on they do like a another like 10 minute version of the song it's and there's a guy wrote his name dildar hussein playing the tabla and it's it's amazing it's another Mm -hmm. like 10 minute version from that it's on youtube that 1998 dead man walking concert version it's great yeah they um also did this in um for the tribute to heroes uh 9-11 concert for uh cbs i believe and it's uh eddie mike and neil young yeah that, i remember yeah. when that yeah i remember watching that when it was on like and it turns out like ed had wanted to do give me some truth it's kind of like you know wanting to kind of throw the finger up mm-hmm. at the administration and everything but neil young convinced him like no it'll be it'll be more powerful it'll help it'll help more people if we do long road like it's more fitting and yeah neil playing organ on the song like it's 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 really great and he does some vocals at the end like it's oh it's so good it was the highlight of that broadcast for sure. It says, was this the, I, <laughs> I don't I don't think this is the one where uh, Kanye West was standing next to uh, Mike Myers, was it? There he said uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. That was a. Uh, I think it. I think it I was. Think it was. <laughs> uh, the two the two moments. <laughs> <laughs> was it that that? Uh, now I'm thinking that might not have been till 2003, but I could be wrong. You might be yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think it was that soon. This was this was still everybody was, you know, it was like a, a week and a half after September eleventh, mm-hmm. September twenty first is when this concert was. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard the uh the version that REM did at their secret show in two thousand one? Uh no, I haven't. Yeah, there was a it was the day after uh Pearl Jam had played, I think the Key Arena in two thousand one. They only did a couple of shows that year. And REM was doing a secret show at the Crocodile Cafe in Seattle. And Ed mm-hmm. was there and like came up and did a bunch of songs, like did Begin the Begin. And evidently he was like serving them margaritas on a tray at some point. 
and <laughs> they do they do long road it's on youtube as well like rem does long road and ed and and michael stipe sing and it's it's great as well it's such a it fits so well with with rem like it could have easily been a song like in the late rem catalog i can totally see michael stipe singing it but yeah i mean it's for a song that hasn't been played that often it does have mm-hmm. kind of a history of showing up at important moments you know some of their you can tell like the songs that they hold in high regard that they kind of save for for big moments like that you know it was the song that they came back with after ross killed mm-hmm. the first song that they played in virginia beach at that first show after and he changes lyrics to like you know how i wish for them today and like it gets a huge response from the crowd like it was it was the perfect song for that for that moment and then in toronto on 9 11 11 10 years after you get they they come out and open up with it again and you get the beginning of like the crowd singing back at Ed doing kind of the call and response. Like, you know, he would say, you know, we all walked along and the crowd would sing, we all walked along. Like they go back and forth a few times and it's really special. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess, I guess life and death are universal and it's easy to, uh, sort of forget that if you get lost in the moment of just trying to think about only yourself and everything. And I think it's, uh, real important that, you know, everybody loses people and, you know, we gotta, we only, have each other you know and if you lose that then you got nobody you don't have anything right yeah yeah i mean it's you can you could see it maybe as someone who's looking for not companionship but like looking for a sense of community or like maybe maybe he was feeling kind of all alone in that moment you know and this is him kind of reaching out to say like hey you know we're all we're all in this together we're all here we're all we're all walking down this long road together, you know, it's, it's, it's got elements of that as well. Definitely. Yeah. You kind of think everybody is kind of off in their own little worlds. Everybody's got their own, you know, lane of the highway, but it's all, you know, it's all going in the same direction. It's all. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's, and he's repeating it so many times. Like we all walk the long road. We all walk, you know, we all, and you, yeah, you can't help but, but feel like there's, you know, especially if you're at a show and like everyone's singing along, you can't help but feel, you know, it kind of like takes you to a different place. Like it's, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear the song live. I hope I get to at some point. Have you heard it? Uh, yes, I've seen it three times. Well, shit. No, I don't <laughs> Fuck you, Brandon. I don't, you and your, and all, you and all, your, all three of you and your twenty something shows that you've been to, yeah, whatever. Oh, it's only been sixteen. Oh, okay, fine. I, I take and it. All one back. of them was the Rolling. One of them was the Rolling Stones opening gig, so that doesn't even like really count. It still counts. <laughs> was it? Did you see this? Was this the show in '97? They played Long Road that you were at. No, no, that because um, they played it once that year. Yeah, I was at the. Um, or wait, what, what do you mean the one they didn't? They played it at one of those shows opening up for the Rolling Stones, I think, didn't they? Oh, uh, they might have. I don't know, but no, I didn't see him. Okay. I didn't see him uh, do it then. Yeah, okay. this uh, um, saw it uh, twice in two of the San Diego shows that I've been to, and uh, once in uh, one of the San Diego shows or not uh, San Francisco shows I've been to. Okay. So yeah, they kind of they it's got the uh, you know connection to San Diego from his uh, teacher, so they like to pl- bust it out there. Definitely. Yeah, like you mentioned, he tells the whole story at that show in 06. I guess they they were raising money or they built a, a community center or something, some kind of drama thing with in his name. Yeah, it's cool. 
Um, let's see what what other sort of depressing <laughs> sort of stuff can we say about this? But it doesn't have to be depressing. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's depressing and it's bad, but yeah, it's also like. I mean the the way the song is like it's so triumphant and so like cathartic like it's it's one of those like songs that Ed writes that he's he's so good at just like transforming a simple four chord song mm-hmm. into like something transcendent and like using like I said using that the repetition of that one D chord to like build up the tension and when it finally like releases into the 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 G or whatever like it's oh it's just one of those special moments like you really feel like the whole band kicks in and like it's yeah, amazing it's not even i don't believe it's in a in a minor key either yeah no, so i, I mean it's, so, yeah. it, it has yeah. a sense of i don't know about joy but at least uh it's got some liveliness and some you know right. life in there yeah and he's and again he's he's so good at that like balancing those themes together of like loss and and death and mortality and also like hope and triumph triumph and things like that you know like that's where he likes to live when he's at his best think of like immortality and black and things like that where it's this is kind of in that lineage of songs yeah and you it's always one of those revelations that you you know that you have to have over and over again where you feel like you're the only one who feels a certain way you know it's like oh i'm so you know down and you know i have i'm I'm mourning i've got you know this pain and this weight on me and stuff like that and it's like you know so many other people have felt that way and you know do feel that way and you can write a personal song that you know you're you're sharing a real personal experience and other people can you know latch on to that and say he's like oh yeah me too me too and it kind of brings people together and two it's like you and like speaking for me too like you carry that stuff with you for the rest of your life like it's part of it becomes part of you and like it's you carry it with you on the long road you Mm -hmm. could say yeah it works on so many levels the song's beautifully written yeah you gotta you gotta remember that you know we all walk the long road and we all have each other and we can lean on each other if we need to. And we can also pick each other. We can pick up people along the way and help them out. And it's, it's, it's hard too. When if you were uh, kind of younger, when the song was out, I was like, Oh man, but I like rock. I like rock Pearl jam. And this is a uh, slow making me feel Pearl jam. Oh man. Oh, no, that, that Pearl jam's good too. I was never oh, no, one yeah. of those like, I was never one of those metalheads. It was like, play the fast ones. Like, no. Oh, what yeah. a mush. <laughs> no, yeah, they can. I, I like the slow ones just as much. Yeah, this is, and, and I had a, I was debating too whether to include these two songs in the Vitology, in my Vitology season or my mm-hmm. No Code season. Cause yeah, it's... they're kind of their own thing. It doesn't really, it was kind of the bridge between them. So you could do it. You could go either way. I don't know where I was going with that. I just <laughs> looking at the CDs up there. It's right in the middle. Like, oh yeah, I was deciding where I was gonna go. And but yeah, like if oh man, if they had been on, if they had been able to work it out and get this on Mirrorball, like that would be. Can you imagine Mirrorball opening or closing with this? Like mm-hmm. it'd be unbelievable. Or even like if they had decided to save this and put it on No Code. Like oh my god. Yeah, I think I think it was good though that they released it. Uh, maybe not. But I, I no, I think it was good that they released it on its own and didn't like save it for a B side or something like that for no code that they kind of put mm-hmm. it out as the 
as it says on the back of it, the companion to Mirrorball, because it, you know, Pearl Jam was kind of in the middle of transitioning from their mythology, we're huge, everybody loves us to their no code. Uh, we're kind of taking a step in a different direction. We're, and so like it kind of made people sort of, uh, remember Pearl Jam, they're still here, they're still making songs. Yeah, they, yeah, they hadn't released anything. They, they kind of disappeared for, you know, at the end of 94 and the, for most of 95, like they did a little bit of touring, but, you know, they had all the problems and everything. Yeah. And they, they, they were, there weren't any East Coast shows. So, yeah, I mean, like for a lot of people, they, they had been kind of out of the consciousness for a while. And this was like, yeah, I mean, it was, I think I went probably, I think I had the CD first when it came out. I didn't get the record until a couple of years later, but yeah, I mean, I think I probably went that day and picked it up and like listened to it probably 50 times that day. Yeah. God, these songs are so good. And like, it's, it's a whole other level than even Vitalogy was. And it's, that's, that's probably due to Jack too. Like on, on, I got shit and this, he's so good. Like you think about long road, you don't think about the drumming, but next time you hear you like go back and listen to the drums. Like it's so perfect for what the song is. Yeah. Kind of the, the whole thing is a sense of, I don't know, hypnosis sort of in that, just the yep. kind of yep. droning on and you just kind of find yourself yep. just swaying back and forth with the, uh, with the tempo of the song. Oh yeah. Like, you know, getting, doing the, the prep for this and going back and listening to some of these versions, like made a playlist, probably 15 versions of the song and like listen to it all like i didn't get tired of listening to it mm -hmm. for like an hour and a half two hours straight like it's yeah it's one of those things it's it's timeless it's yeah i mean i we you know come on and just gush about these songs but you know <laughs> what else can you say like it's it's a top 10 song for me probably and it's one of the top two or three that i'm wanting to hear live on this next tour yep that's all we're gonna say about that <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there, is there more stuff about this song? Cause it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's also, you know, in being that it's in a weird period and not really on an album cycle besides, you know, kind of being a, uh, mirror ball outtake ish sort of thing. It's, it, there's not a lot of sort of stories or, you know, um, mythology built up around it other than the, uh, other than like the story. I guess that Eddie tells about its creation. Yeah. I think like it's kind of, it kind of gets lost among the, among the trees, you know, cause it, it didn't, it's not one of those album songs. So yeah, hope, hopefully it, it doesn't get forgotten about on this tour. Like they, they haven't played it a lot in the last few years. Like it got played a lot in 95, 96, and then it's kind of tapered off as the years have gone on. So I'm hoping it's not one that's going to fall by the wayside for this next tour. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll, it's, it, it'll be out there. It's not. It's probably not going to, you know, be something they bust out every time. It's not going to be in a live or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully in Nashville or St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, go ahead and, uh, and give me your, uh, your plugs. What do, what do people got to do to catch up on uh, all things John Farrar? Yeah. So again, you know, live on four legs podcast I do with, uh, with Randy and Chris and Matt. And, uh, we talk about a different live show every week. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We have, uh, 
Patreon where we do extra stuff and all that. So yeah, check it out. I'm live on four legs podcast. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, we go through all the different eras and everything and talk about everything around the show and the set list and everything. So yeah, it's, it's great. Like go, going back and being, having a reason to go back and listen to all these bootlegs and finding like these gems, you know, from, from back in the day that we're kind of forgotten about. That's, that's the most fun for me. And like, and coming on and doing these, you know, it's, it's great doing the album songs and those are classic, but doing these kind of off, off ball, no, not off ball, oddball songs that, uh, you know, they kind of get lost in the shuffle and, you know, forgotten about is a lot of fun too. like to give this song some credit where it it's, you know, you think of American ball, you probably think of, I got shit before this one, but oh, it, it deserves to be up there among their, their best songs. And, uh, you know, it's on that, uh, podcast too. You usually have more to say than just, uh, oh yeah, this is a good song. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> you save it for this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we haven't we haven't covered this one in a long time. I have to, I'm gonna have to go find a show, find a, find one of these shows we talked about, maybe that San Diego or Toronto. Even that, I know we're we're th- we're probably gonna end up doing that Berlin 1996 show soon, so that'll mm-hmm. be a good one. That that was a fantastic one. So yeah, uh, it'll give me another chance to just talk about how amazing the song is. Yeah, that's that's the one where on the poster it's got kind of like a weird sort of squat, muscly monster or something like that on it. Or I think so. Yeah, it was it was broadcast on the radio. I remember it was it was picked up kind of like the Fox Theater Atlanta show. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to it on the radio. You gotta get gotta get pumped for for when they get on the road. Yeah, whenever that happens. Yeah, well, it's it's gonna happen. Yep. We're all we're all we all walk the long road. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> Right, oh, well see, I bring, uh, I bring it around. Oh yeah, that was. I'm so oh, glad yeah, you're, you're here to man. witness this. <laughs> My genius. <laughs> which was it? Which one that we did? Was it uh, going back? Was it? Was it deep or rearview mirror? Where you went off and like you went off on this like monologue it was, it deep. was deep yeah you went off for like five yeah. minutes and just <laughs> kind of broke my brain and like you like solved you you answered the main question of humanity in like five minutes and i was like all right i guess we're done brandon brandon did it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> you 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 you, ins- you inspire me i guess that's uh what it comes oh, down thanks. to oh yeah <laughs> i am the i'm the muse of the uh yeah for the podcast all right well uh thanks for coming back john and oh my god it's a pleasure thank you definitely have you back later and we'll uh gush some more about some songs and then solve all the world's problems right perfect there's there's plenty <laughs> to go around you got you got work to do we we've all got work to do people we're all here <laughs> on this planet and we're if we're not if we're not if we're not uh fighting together we're fighting against that i'm definitely cutting this stuff out <laughs> i don't have a point to make <laughs> there we go. I was That's gonna say, I, I can just do some. <laughs> there you go. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. 
All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterManPod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, John, and as always, this is Brandon saying, let's take a look at a picture book, The Big Book of British Smiles. <laughs>